Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired naval officer, CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. All right, I am super excited to come on today because I sense in the spirit that God is doing a building on to what was released in podcast 36 on yesterday. So again, I am just full of excitement to come on today and be a blessing to you and to continue to build on the word of God that I released into the atmosphere originally in podcast 35. That was kind of the start of this particular uh, word that I was releasing. And then I went right into podcast 36. And now, and if if you listen to podcast 36, I kind of left off at the end saying, hey, I didn't know if that was the end of that particular revelation that I was uh, decreeing and declaring in your life, or was God going to continue to build on it? I didn't know at that particular time because the Holy Spirit had not yet revealed it to me. But however, when I was in prayer this morning, it then became clear. Um, How many of you know that it's just something awesome about praying in the morning? You know, for me, when I seek God early in the morning, I just, I feel like there's such an intimacy and such a closeness um, with the Holy Spirit that I can just hear with such clarity, almost like if you would just ring a bell, it's just that crisp. And on today, as I was seeking God and I was actually, believe it or not, going in a different direction. And then the Holy Spirit began to do a course correction. He And it was so beautifully how he ended up guiding me back to what he wanted me to release to you today. And I, and I know you're going to be blessed. I don't think you're going to be blessed. I know you're going to be blessed because it goes right in line with what was said in podcast 35. And for those of you who are just joining this particular podcast on podcast 37, podcast 35, I'll give you a quick recap. In podcast 35, I talked a lot about the sound of rain, which signifies the sound of abundance that God is getting ready to release in the earth. Actually, he's already released it in heaven and it just has to come to fruition on the earth. And so I was saying how I heard the sound of rain in my ears and I looked outside, there was no rain happening. And as I was hearing the rain, I was actually listening to a sermon and pastor ministering to me in the spirit. Um, over the internet. And I just kept hearing rain. And, and after a while, after asking the Holy Spirit several times, am I hearing rain? That's exactly what it was. It was rain. And I knew immediately that was a word that I needed to go into release into the people in this particular hour. How many of you know that God wouldn't have us to be ignorant to the signs of the time? It says the sons of Issachar, if you guys get an opportunity to read, the sons of Issachar are very, very important because they understood the signs of the times. And when you can understand what is going on around you, then you don't feel confused or you don't feel that you don't have uh, control over the situation. Because uh, when you allow yourself to uh, fall into the word of God, he'll begin to bring clarity and give you that understanding of what's going on around you. And and it's a blessing to know that uh, the Holy Spirit does that for us. But anyhow, and Podcast 35, I talk about the sound of abundance. And if you get a chance, go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it. And then that particular podcast built onto podcast 36. Podcast 36 is called Small Beginnings. Now, that sound of abundance and that sound of rain led us right into the next piece of the pie, which was small beginning, that that God would come in um, like a cloud, but a cloud like a small 
hand and I give you the scriptures that back that up in first Kings 18 and 44. He talks about that, how it's a, it started with a small beginning. However, the, um, Elijah had decreed that rain over King Ahab. And when he decreed that, that it would be rain in the third year of the drought, bunch of things happened on the in-between, but it didn't stop God's promise. And that promise was that rain was going to come. And as you listen to podcast 36, it tells you how that rain didn't just come down immediately like a thunderstorm. It wasn't like it, you open the door and rain's just coming in. It started um, like a small hand of a cloud and then it progressed into an abundance of rain. And I want you to go back and, and listen to that. Uh, the first one, which is 35, the sound of abundance, the 36, which is small beginnings that happens after you hear that rain. And then now we're in podcast 37 and I'm excited because podcast 37 ties right into what we um, have already decreed and declared into the atmosphere. And I want you to make sure you take notes and write this down, begin to journal in the evening time and God will begin to give you clarity on the word that's being spoken to you. How many of you know that when a word goes forth, I told you that God's promises are yes and amen, but that word is going to meet you where you stand in need of. It's going to meet you. And when I say it's going to meet you, each person will be met according to their needs and in according to their faith level. Because how many of you know that I can decree and declare all I want, but if you don't have the faith to believe it, you may not tap into that blessing. And I know that I'm right because they said that when Jesus Christ went to his hometown to heal people, he couldn't heal. And the question would be, well, how come he couldn't heal in his hometown, but yet he was able to heal in all these other places and, and everyone else that was meeting him in a different city or in a different town was flocking to him and they were receiving their blessings. I mean, explain the woman who touches the hem of his garment, explain when he spit on his hand and touched the man's eyes. And he said that I see men walking like trees and God touched it again. And, and, and then now he can see clearly explain how he healed the, the 10 lepers. And the one came back and said, thank you. I'll tell you definitely how he was able to do that um, because he had all power in his hand. However, the question then becomes, how come he wasn't able to do that in his hometown? And it's because the belief, they lacked the belief in him. It says a prophet is without honor in his own town. And, and what that means is that Sometimes when people begin to decree and declare, you become so familiar. They became so familiar with Jesus, you know, growing up with him that they couldn't see him for who he really was. They kept seeing him for what they wanted to see him in. But that's like a whole nother topic that I'll teach on later. But that is what I'm saying on today that you guys will be able to receive according to your faith level and according to what you want to believe on today. And it will not change the fact that the word is still God's word and it's still going to go forth and do what God wants it to do. How many of you know that? I know that on today and that's why I'm excited on today because I know that every listener on here, they love God and they want to hear what it is that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them and this hour so that they can get that clarity and move swiftly to what it is that God has called them to do. And so as without further ado, we're going to go right into today's topic. And today's topic is called finish your homework. Yes. Today's topic is called finish your homework. If I had to title it, it would be called finish your homework word. And the scriptures that we're coming out of is Haggai chapter two, verses 15 through 23. Haggai chapter two, verses 15 through 23. I'm going to give you a bit of a backdrop of what's going on as we begin to walk through the scripture. So at this particular time in the Bible, they are rebuilding the temple. And it's very interesting because as they're rebuilding this temple, the Lord then begins to speak through the prophet Haggai to King Darius. King Darius is reigning during this particular time frame. And this is actually occurring in the second year of King Darius's reign. And during that time, Haggai is sent to him with a particular prophecy. Now, during this time, um, the whole concept, so that I don't have to explain the full backdrop is that 
The people of God have gotten busy in their day-to-day life, basically taking care of themselves. You know, they, they're pursuing the things that they think is going to make them successful in this particular time frame. And we know how that is. I mean, look at your own life. There's been periods of time where um, you could look back and say, you know what? I wasn't as deeply grounded in God during that time as I was during this other time and et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, some people might say, you know what? No, that's not for me. I've always been grounded in him every step of the way. And, you know, I say praise Jesus for people like you. You definitely encourage me, but I have to be honest with my listeners on today and say this, that there's been times where I've gotten busy. And when I say busy, I've gotten off balance. And when you get yourself off balance, then things begin to happen. And praise God that Jesus loves us and because the father chastises those he loves through his love for us and him being a just and a sovereign God, he has the ability to course correct. And, and, and when we get to this particular uh, teaching on today with Haggai and addressing the, the people of Israel, you'll see what the Lord's concerns is and you'll see him do a course correction to bring the people back in close to him. Now, I'm going to make three simple points on today. Um, Again, if I had to title today's topic for those that are jumping on right now, it would be titled Finish Your Homework. And the scriptures we're coming out of is Haggai chapter two, verses 15 through 23. And I'm going to jump right in and read those scriptures. And again, I'll be making three simple points on today that you'll be able to take with you as you go throughout the week, you'll be able to kind of munch on it, you know, cause the word of God, and sometimes it can come across really thick and it takes me a little bit of time to digest it, but I'm going to break it down in such a way that you'll be able to eat from it, put some aside and then come back to it so that it blesses you in the middle of the week. And not only that, I'll, I'll, I'll go as far as to say that you'll be so blessed in this particular lesson that you'll be able to go out and bless someone else with it. So let's jump right into the reading. I'm at chapter two in Haggai, and I'm going to read 15 through 23. I'm starting at verse 15. It says, so think about this from now on. Consider how many times or consider how things were going for you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. Let me go back and read that one more one more time. And actually, I think I'm going to go up to verse 14 just to make sure you have clarity in this. Um, and then I'll go right on into um, 23. So verse 14 in chapter two reads like this. Then Haggai said, this is how it is with this people and this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled. Get this. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled. He is talking about the children of Israel right now. And now I'm going right into verse 15. So think about this from now on. Consider how things were going for you before you begin to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. Remember, I told you it's the lesson today is called finish your homework. So think about this for now. Consider how things were going for you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. That's before you got back to your father's business. The the, the prophet is saying, consider how things was going for you. When you hoped for a 20 bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only 20. I sent blight and mildew and hell to destroy all the produce of your labor. Yet even so, you refuse to return to me, says the Lord. Now, I'm going to continue to read on, but I want to give you some clarity even with that part right there. This is Haggai saying to the people what the Lord has said. The Lord is saying he wants you to think about. He's saying, consider this. Consider how things were going for you um, when you was trying to make ends meet and you kept finding yourself in lack. That's basically what this that scripture is saying. He gives you these examples of saying 20 bushels. You wanted 20 bushels and you only got 10. That's basically being short. Uh, he's saying, consider that. Why are he's asking you the question? Why are you short right now? What is causing you to be short? And then he goes on to say, so 
when we hoped for 20 bushels of crop, you only harvested 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only 20. I sent blight and mildew and hell to destroy all the produce of your labor. Yet even then, so you refused to return to me. How many of you know that the word of God says that when we uh, humble ourselves before a mighty God and we return to him, it's only then that he will heal, heal the land. This is no more than bringing that scripture to fruition. Now let's jump right on down to verse 18. It says on the 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Now the scripture before the 18th verse is saying, look, I want you to think about how your life's been going up until this point. You've been falling short, you know, because you've chose to do something other than what God has called you to do. But in verse 18, it appears that they are now going back towards their father's business and, and symbolic to the foundation of the Lord's temple. Now read in verse 18, it says, when this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Carefully consider this. I am giving you a promise now. I'm giving you a promise now. So he's saying, because you return back to your business and you started to come back and, and be, be about your father's business and, and take care of your father's work. This is what I'm going to do for you. I'm giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn, before you have harvested your grain and before the grapevine, the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have produced their crops from this day onward, I will bless you. Now you say, okay, so, so what do you mean? I'm going to stop there for right now. And then I'll, I'll jump back into the other verses because I don't want to give you too much at once. But what you have to understand at this particular time, the people of God, they were very, very self-absorbed. And I know that I'm right because um, when you go back in the, this particular scripture, in this particular book, it talks specifically about how the people of God have been worrying about their self. If you go back to verses, uh, chapter, go to chapter one of Haggai and we'll jump right down to the third verse. So I, you have a clear picture of what's going on and why God is giving this word to Haggai to tell the people. Now we've already talked about that Haggai is now in front of the people and he's saying, consider this, consider why you don't have enough stuff in your own house. Now, if God is to be God, God's promises are yes and amen, but how come you coming up short? So it, this is, this is for us in this season. How come, um, we were coming up short before we got back to our father's business. Now, when you go over to chapter one, verse three, this is what it says. So the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider how things are going for you. You have planted much, but harvested little. You have food to eat, but not enough to fill you up. You have wine to drink, but not enough to satisfy your thirst. You have clothing to wear, but not enough to keep you warm. Your wages of disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider how things are going for you. Now go up into the hills, bring down the timber and rebuild my house. That's why I titled today's topic, finish your homework. See the people of God, they had gotten off track because the temple was uh, in ruins. They didn't go back to putting God as a priority and saying, okay, wait a minute. We need to go back and establish this temple because God is first in our lives. And that, and, and here figuratively, we see that it's a physical temple, but I would venture to say, if we looked at this from a spiritual standpoint, what about you? Because it says we are the temple. We are the, the, the living sacrifice and our temple should be holy and acceptable unto God. That's our reasonable service. So it's our reasonable service to have a life that's consecrated, have a vessel, a vessel meaning your body that's holy so that God can be first. And, and when you are doing these things, holy and acceptable for God, you show him in your actions that because he's a holy God, that you're putting him first as a priority because it comes out in how you're living. Now, what happened here in the scriptures is very interesting because the people of God, they don't do that. What they find themselves doing 
is they go and start to attend about their own business. They start to build their own houses. And, and the Lord uses the word luxurious houses in uh, chapter one, verse four. It says, why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? So how come you over here living fat off the hog in the in the house of God is suffering? How come you are only worried about you and, and you have gifts that you can bring to the house of God to bless the people of God who may be in lack, but you're only worried about you, how you're going to progress or how you and your three, when I say you and your three, that's, we use that symbolically, you know, when we joke around and say, just you and your kids, you and your family, you're only worried about you and your family. And that's not even biblical. It, it, we are here to help one another. Even in the garden, the garden was a family. He didn't leave Adam in there by himself. He gave Adam Eve. And even when they were there, God was still there. It says his, he was walking with them during the cool of the day. So for God, it's always been about family being first. It's always been about him being with you and you understanding that he should be priority in your life. But what has happened here is somehow the people of God have gotten off track. And I, and I would even go as far to say that we find ourselves getting off track when we start to pursue things or God begins to bless us. And I, you say, well, how does this tie into uh, what we were teaching in podcast 36? This ties perfectly into podcast 36 because in podcast 36, the Lord just said that he's getting ready to bless you right now. He's blessing you right now. And it's going to start small. And I, and I told you to despise not small beginnings, but I'm also telling you, remember I said, we have to eat the whole scroll. We can't just teach the word of God where we're only teaching a portion of it. it the word of God is there to give us a wholeness, to give us a, a fullness. We won't go away um, where our scales unbalanced. You will go away. When you read the word of God, he will bring it in its full totality so that you can understand it so that you can be blessed and, and stand, continue to stand in his favor. And the reason I say that this fits perfectly into uh, 36 podcast 36 is because when God is now saying that he's going to bless you and it's going to start small, you need to still understand that God's work is first. God is speaking to us to say that you're going to have to be able to prioritize. Now, you can't go about this in the way that we've done it before. And we all know we found ourselves off track before. He's saying, I want to bless you. I'm getting ready to bless you, but I need for you to stay on task. I need you to finish my homework. Finish your homework first, because this is what God has already told us in the scriptures. They seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So if you seek him, finish his work first and see the, the, the people of God had gotten themselves off track. They started building their own house and he uses the word luxurious. So I could imagine how glorious their houses look, how much time and effort they put into their house. They probably have plants around their house, beautiful gardens around their house. And although the, the, the house of God right down the street from their beautiful house is still laying and rubble still laying there and that's supposed to be symbolic to God and he's saying wait a minute you've gotten yourself off track we, we can't do that we can't get a blessing from God and allow that blessing to separate us from the word of God and that leads me to point number one which says to go back do your homework it, he says to consider your life when you are working in your own strength when you are self-absorbed, when you are reflecting only on yourself and not on the truths of God, when you begin to take credit in your life for what God is doing, he's saying, consider it then. Let's consider what you're doing. You, you find yourself in lack. You find yourself in lack, not just in your health, in your finances, in, in, in your mental state. You just don't feel completely up to par. And God is saying, I would not have that for my people. I want to bless my people. The interesting thing also too in Haggai that I found very, very interesting is that um, Haggai, as he's addressing the people um, about what you know their shortcomings was, he also begins to give them hope. And this is what I love so much about our, our, our Lord and Savior. He always provides hope, faith, and love. You hear me say that all the time as a prophet to speak hope, faith, 
and love into your life because that is who God is. He is love. He would have it that we would know um, him in such a deeper and a mighty way. Now, when you go down to verse 18, it says on this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. So they have gotten themselves back on track. They have now laid the foundation of the Lord's temple. temple back down. They, they're back doing the homework, putting God first, seeking God first. The Lord, this is what he promises when they start the work. And that's why I said this kind of reaffirms what we talked about in podcast 36 with a small beginning. Even though laying the foundation is a small beginning, considering that the temple that Solomon built was way more glorious than this particular temple in view, in view way more glorious. But the Lord, remember I told you on the last podcast that he delights in small beginnings. He just wants you to get started so he can provide the increase. And I love that about him because I feel like I really don't have to do anything. I just have to start these projects. I just have to work and I have to ask the Holy Spirit, what what, what do you, what would you have me to do with this? And he will give me the increase. There's multiple times when people say, you know what, prophet, how are you able to get so much done in a day? How are you able to to do so many different um, projects and get them done on time. And then you still take on more. I said, you know what? Because I keep God first in everything. I don't take on anything that God tells me not to. If God tells me to take it on, I give him a vote in my life. He has priority. So when someone says, can you do this? I ask him, Lord, can I do this? Do you want me to do this? Is this in your will? And if it's in his will, he'll multiply the time in the day so that you can get it done. Because when I look over it, there's no way that Jasmine could have accomplished any of the things she's done without God giving me the grace to do it, without God providing me his supernatural blessing, his supernatural increase. And I think this is crucial during this time because we said that we've heard the rain in the other podcast and God is getting ready to bless you abundantly where your pastures will be lush and and beautiful. But not only that, as you start with this small beginning that we must understand that there's still an abundance on the other side of that small beginning and that abundance sometimes on the other side of the small beginning, oftentimes will pull us away from God where we would go to church all the time. Now we can't go to church as much because you know, I have to do this project for the world or I have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And now God has to take, uh, you put him in the back seat when he's the person that opened the door for you to get into college. He's the person that opened the door for you to, to be able to get that job. He's the person that opened the door to let you start the business. But now you're so busy on the internet. You're so busy on Facebook. You're so busy on Instagram. You're so busy inside of the blessing that he gave you that now you're allowing that blessing to separate you from the love of God. Now let's go back to Haggai chapter two. I'm at verse 19. It says, and I'm giving you a promise now. Remember I said in the other podcast that you have to recognize God's promises. When you recognize his promises, we know that they're yes and amen. You can begin to what I said, pray it through. Now the promise that God gives them during this time in verse 18, he says, I'm giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn. Come on now, that looks like a small beginning. The seed is in the barn. If the seed is in the barn and this seed produces, let's say the seed produces an apple tree. When it's in seed form, that's a small beginning. That's why I said this ties perfectly into what we were teaching in podcast 36, small beginnings. He's saying, while the seed is still in the barn, Before you have harvested your grain, before the grapevines and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have produced their crops, from this day onward, I will bless you. So get this. This is awesome because this just reaffirms your small beginning. This just reaffirms in the word of God that he's saying, you know what? As long as you keep me first, this is what I promise to give you. But he also paints the picture to let you know what you've done in the past. So we have to, we can't just, just shuck and jive and act like that didn't happen. We, there's been times where we've been off keel. We've been off balance. He's saying now consider what happened during that time, but now because you've gotten yourself back in my will, you, you understand that you need to pray. You need to fast. You need to read your Bible. You need to put me first because you've laid that 
foundational cornerstone, that foundation of this temple, the temple being you in, in this particular situation that I am now going to bless you because basically he's saying you've invited him back into your life. You've made him number one. You understand that he is holy. You're coming to him with a consecrated hands. You coming to him with a clean heart. You coming to him presenting yourself a holy and acceptable sacrifice unto God. He's saying because you are now doing that, I'm going to give you a promise. And I love this because he says I'm giving you a promise. You That means you can hang your hat on this. This is not something that's subjective. Did, 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 did some, some minute he says, yes. The other minute he says, no, he don't act like that. God's not a man. I told you that he would lie or the son of man that he would have to reprint. This says that I'm going to give you a promise. And the awesome thing, y'all, he says, I'm going to give you a promise now. He says, I'm going to give you a promise now. He says, I'm going to give you a promise now. That's not, he didn't say he's going to give you a promise in the next couple of minutes. He didn't say he was going to give it to you next week, next month, next year. He didn't say that. He said, I'm going to give you a promise now because you've came back. You've started your homework. You're finishing your homework, your assignment, your first love. I'm going to give you a promise now. And then he goes in to specify what the promise is. He says that while the seed is still in the barn, so while the seed is in the barn, it hasn't even been placed in the ground. How many of you know that when you go to the store and buy a package of seeds, it's still in the package? He's saying while it's in the package, before you can even pull it out of the package, tear the package open and plant it in the ground. He gives you all these examples. He says, from this day forward, I'm going to bless you. So this is awesome. This is awesome because he's saying your small beginnings, I just put a stamp on it. If you serve me, if you keep me first in this, this prophet released this, the words to you. Now, they're not her words. They're the words of God. I'm decreeing and declaring the words of God in your life. That if you do not despise that small beginning, if you understand that that small beginning has the seal, it has my yes on it. It has my stamp on it. How many of you know when God says yes, no man can say no. When God says yes, that's why I love it when God is in, in the picture and he says yes. It says he opens doors that no man can shut. He is saying that, look, this small beginning, I've stamped it. This thing that's in seed form is going to produce such a harvest of abundance for you in this hour because I'm going to send the rain that causes the, the seed to grow, that causes the seed to germinate. He says from this day forward, that's from this day right now forward, I will bless you. Now that blessing, and remember, is predicated upon what? Predicated upon what you just did in the past to not do that again. He's already told you, I'm going to bless you because you're serving me. So you would do yourself a disservice to start out on this track, receive this revelation, receive this word, start your small beginning, and then now you it starts to grow into a harvest because he said he's going to send the rain. He said it in, in Zechariah, uh, uh, 10 and one to ask the Lord and he'll send the rain. So now he's sending the rain so that you can have a lush pasture and this lush pasture. He's even giving you the seed. And he says, he's already told that seed to bless you. Why would you allow that thing to be a blessing to you to now become a curse by not serving him? Okay, come on now. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do child's play anymore. In this hour, understand that the devil is playing for keeps. He doesn't care. He says that he is uh, um, coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He, that's all the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal kill and destroy. And he's an accuser of the brethren. And I know that I'm right because I was just reading in Zechariah 4 where he was accusing Joshua of, of, of being dirty. It says he was standing there uh, in front of God, accusing Joshua of the sins of the people. And, and the Lord basically says, you know what? I hear you, you know, but I've already died for that. This that, that That's not a big deal. I hear you, Satan, but I've already covered that. So I'm telling you right now, you already have the answers to the test. Don't go in this season that God is blessing you and find yourself off track. This isn't the time for that. The, the, I told you the enemy is playing for keeps. Look out here around you. God is saying that he's going to send you a lush uh, pasture. He's going to send you an a 
abundance of rain. You're going to have a small beginning. You're going to be fed in the famine. I know that I'm right because it says when he sent um, Elijah to King Ahab, they were in the third year of the drought. So I know that I'm right. The Lord is trying to get to us here in the earthly realm that, you know what, quit believing everything you see. You need to pick your word up and tap into what I said that you can have, not what the world said that you can have. You're not subject to the world systems. And this is what I why I tell you, because when you look at this, you can see that the, the, the world systems, if God wants to to remove that system out of our lives because that system is a distraction to us. If you're dependent on the system more than you dependent on God, he has to remove that thing because he said, what would you allow to separate you from the love of God? Why is this system separating you from him? It shouldn't be that way. You should depend on him. So if you find yourself, even in this season of being blessed as God begins to shower down, if you find yourself uh, where people are, are not wanting to be around you, You'll start what I call shedding skin because you're moving into a different season and you can't take everything with you when you're moving into the next season. I know that I'm right. Even now I see in the spirit, I see a cocoon and I see the butterfly wings coming out of it. I see it trying to flutter and trying to come out of the cocoon. See, I don't want you to get it twisted because you watching TV, you watching CNN, you watching MSNBC, you watching Fox, you watching everything that is their story. Come on, child of God. That's not your story. Your story is the word of God. Your story is yes and amen. Your story is what I'm telling you now. This is not my words. This is God saying in verse 19 that I'm going to to make you this promise. And I'm going to promise this to you now while the seed is still in the barn before you can even harvest your grain before the grapevine and the fig tree and the pomegranate tree and the olive tree have had even produced any crops. I'm going to bless you from this day forward. He's basically saying, all you need is my yes, son. All you need is my yes, daughter. That's what's more important. You need my yes, because when you get my yes, you know that you'll be moving with momentum into the things that God has for you. Moving with momentum into a, to lay down in perfect peace in a beautiful pasture. Lord, I thank you on today that you are blessing your people. I thank you on today and decree and declare that they will understand that you have made them a promise and that you're a, not a promise breaker, that they can trust you as their man of God, that you're not gonna let them down, God. I thank you on today for that. And, and that takes me over to point number two, which is to remember that the people of God are set apart. See, the reason he's trying to get you to understand that you have to keep him first in all this. And he's given this thing. He's trying to get you to recollect the promises that he's always had for you. But the, the issues that you've created for yourself in the past that has separated you from the promise. Because sometimes we sit and we say, well, I've been praying for this and I've been doing this. And why hasn't God blessed me? And he's saying, no, no, no. Wait a minute. It's not that I haven't blessed you, but the blessings are running out of your pocket because there's holes in your pocket because your priorities, right? You have to check your motive. James 5 tells us we have to look at our motives. We have to understand that God must be first and foremost in our lives. But I would even go as far as to say this, which I found very interesting. I want you to pop back up to verse 10 in chapter two, because we have a little bit of time to really to get into this thing. Because I want you to understand the importance of living a life holy and acceptable unto Christ. This is, it is a choice, but what, what you do is you inadvertently hurt yourself through a technicality. You say, well, what do you mean prophet? What's a technicality? Because now you tapping into the promises of God. You, you praying the promises of God through, but they're not happening because your life is a mess. You're not trying to live a life holy and acceptable to God. You got one foot in, you got one foot out. And it says a devil minded man is what? He's unstable in all his ways. God is saying it's time out for that. Stop letting the enemy steal, kill and destroy, taking things from you that only belong 
to you. You basically, he ain't even, he don't even have to come in and steal it anymore. You handing it over to him by how you live it. You saying, come on in devil. I got the door open. Come on in. Have a great time in my house. Come on in. You can steal my finances. Matter of fact, you handing him your checkbook to write a check to take the money out of your account. You're voluntarily giving him a license to operate when we live a life that's displeasing unto God because God is a holy God. It's important to understand God is a holy God. This is who he is. He can't change that. He loves you, but he's a holy God. Now go up to chapter two and you'll, you'll start to understand what I'm saying when I say that God is a holy God. Now in Haggai chapter two, verse 10, this is how it reads. It says on December 18th, on the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord sent this message to the prophet. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priest this question about the law. So basically he sent the prophet to ask the priest a question. Now, when God sends a question, he already has the answer. He's just trying to get you to tap into your uh, know how to be able to provide the answer out of your own mouth. Now, read again. Now, go back to this. I'm on verse 11. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priest this question about the law. If one of you is carrying a holy sacrifice, stay with me now. This is where you where you need to understand the holiness of God. If one of you is carrying a holy sacrifice in his robes and happens to brush against some bread of stew, wine or oil or any other kind of food, will it also become holy. Now, listen to this question and don't answer too quick because we're going to teach on this a little bit here today. He he now let's go back. He says if one of you is carrying a holy sacrifice in his robe. So you got a holy picture this. Remember I said we have to immerse ourselves into the scripture in order to be able to hear God. We we want to give God our mind, our will, our intellect, our emotions. We we want to give him our soul. We want to give him all of us. We want to emerge ourselves into this. So I want you to to picture this. Picture you are carrying a holy sacrifice in your robes and you happen to brush up against some bread or stew or you brush up against some wine or some oil or any kind of food. Will will that food then become holy? This is what the priest said. The priest said no. So he's saying because you holy and you brush up against something, um, does that make that thing holy? The priest answers and says no. Then Haggai asks the second question. But if someone becomes ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person and then brushing against any of the things mentioned, will it be defiled? And the priest answered, yes. Then Haggai said, this is how it is with the people that's in this nation, says the Lord. Everything that they do and everything they offer is defiled. So think about this for for a moment and consider how things have been going for you. So this is the problem. So if you understand, this is what got them into trouble. They, they, they thought that they could have have their cake and eat it too. Remember I said a devil-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. Now look at this question that the prophet asks. He says that you have a holy sacrifice inside of your robe and you brush up against something. Does that make that holy? The priest said, no, it don't make it holy. Then if this thing is defiled, then, you know, uh, wait, let's read it. Then Haggai asked, but if someone becomes ceremonially unclean, basically defiled by touching a dead person and then brushes against anything that is mentioned, is it defiled? It says, yes, it's defiled. You say, well, Jasmine, what does all that mean? The point of that message is that holiness will not rub off on other people. And that's why we have to check who we are around and who we spend time with and who we give our ear gates to. Because holiness does not rub off on people. This is a lifestyle. It's, it's a choice that you have to consciously make. You have to protect that holiness that you have. It don't rub off on other people. So if people around you that's contaminated, guess what? you'll become contaminated. It's not going to happen the opposite way you, where you, they're going to all of a sudden become holy. That is a choice. It says, as the people begin to obey God, 
God promised to encourage and to prosper them. But you have to understand that the activities in your life will not clean up sin. If you have sin, you have to repent from it. You can't think rituals and all this extra stuff is going to clean up sin. You have to be repentant and obedient to the things of God. And he's trying to get you to understand that you will become contaminated. You will become contaminated with those things that are around you that are unclean. Being holy is something that you choose to do and you have to consistently consistently stand to watch to protect that holiness. And, and I love this scripture because some of us take holiness for granted. I, and I'm going to say it one more time. Holiness does not rub off on others, but contamination will. Contamination will. You will become contaminated so fast and you'll wonder, why do I got a headache every time I go around them? I come back and I have a headache. How come when I talk to them, I felt really tired after work? That's contamination. They're carrying a spirit that's defiled. And now that spirit is trying to attach itself to you. And you're getting what I call the aftershocks of it. See, we have to start right now, right now, today. Because God is saying he wants to bless us right now. We have to start right now being obedient and repentant and take a responsibility for ourselves in this season. Because I told you the enemy is playing for keeps. He just needs you to get tripped up on a technicality so that he can come in and steal, kill, and destroy. So I'm going to move right into my point number three. So point number one. Point number one was to go back and do your homework. Go back. Consider how your life was going. Get your, get things in order. I've told you how to do it. If you found yourself sinning and off track, have a repentant heart. Repent to God. He wants you to, he wants to forgive you. He wants to cast your sins into the sea of forgiveness. Ask him right now. Tell him, Lord, forgive me right now. Say it to him. Forgive me for my sins. Show me how to walk upright in you so that you can now be obedient unto him. You can walk straight on, in, on the straight and narrow with him. And, and then point number two is remember. Remember that holiness does not rub off on others, but contamination will. So we have to protect that holiness because we serve a holy God. And he already said that he wants to bless us and he wants to bless us right now. He said, while the seed is still in the barn. So while this thing is still in, in, in its small beginning, he's trying to bless you. That while you still have the business as an idea form, he wants to bless you. He's saying, I've already blessed it. I've put my seal on it just because you thought it that's in seed form i want to bless it so wouldn't it behoove you to understand the importance of walking upright in him wouldn't it behoove us see and, and, and then i'm closing with point number three point number three is that he guarantees us a blessing he guarantees his promise he guarantee who can guarantee you a blessing like that? Only God. In verse 19, he says, I'm giving you a promise now. A promise. A promise. Something that he's going to do that he's not going to come and take it back. See, it's crucial for you to understand that when we don't live according, uh, uh, according to what God wants and we find ourselves in, in sin, and falling short and, and all these different things and not not uh, letting God come in and help us. We just do uh, not only ourselves a disservice, but everybody that's connected to us. The ministry, we do that a disservice. The people who, who need to be ministered to directly from us, we do them a disservice. We do our kids a disservice. We do our spouses a, dis a disservice. If you single, you just inadvertently do yourself a disservice because you off track trying to minister from a defiled vessel. And he's already told you it's not going to work that way. You're not going to brush up against something and it becomes holy. You have to stop for a minute and say, wait a minute, I'm not a child anymore. Like the apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I act as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's time for us to put away childish things in this season. People of God, I want you to get the blessing I've decreed 
and declare over you. He said that you're going to be blessed. He's sending you rain in the middle of an economic crisis. That's God. And you know why he wants to do it? Because the people of God are set apart from everybody else. He, the Lord loves to delight in blessing you because he likes to show the world that this is what happens when you serve a mighty God. I bless you in the middle of an economic crisis. This is what happens with your French benefits because this is a child of the king. They don't have to worry about a system. And even if the system decides it doesn't want to give you something anymore, guess what? God has a backup. He says, I've already promised you this stuff. And it was already before your seeds went to the barn. So before that man even said he was going to take away that particular thing you was depending on, I've already put a backup plan for you because you're my child. And because I love you and my seeds never go in lack. God is not a God of lack. He's a God who has everything in his hand. And we thank him for that. Go over to verse 20. And I'm going to close out here. It says the Lord sent this second message um, to Haggai on December the 18th. He says, tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, that I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. Listen to that. He he sends the prophet again to, to tell Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is the governor, the governor of Judah. He says, tell him I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth. Who can do something awesome like that? Only God. He's about to shake the heavens and the earth, and I will overthrow royal thrones, destroying the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and their charioteers, the horses will fail. The riders will, will be killed. But when this happens, says the Lord, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, my servant. I will treat you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord, for I have specifically chosen you. I, the Lord Almighty, have spoken. So God is saying, even in the middle of this, he, he's going to, the Lord is going to be the one Right now, during this time, and you can write this down on today. Now, this prophecy, we went from prophecy number one to prophecy number two. That was in podcast 35, podcast 36. Now we're in podcast 37. And I'm ending here. And this is really awesome. The Lord is saying that he is going to shake the heavens and the earth in this season. So it's time out for y'all thinking that the Lord is getting ready. He's not done yet. He has more work for us to do. He's telling us right now, finish your homework. Don't get distracted with what you see. I still have to shake the heavens and the earth. And when I shake the heavens and the earth, he said he's going to do it to overthrow royal thrones. So those people that may be in place who think that they, they're untouchable, I'm talking about it. Folks that think they're in government, politics, wherever you might be, you might be in the teaching system. You might even be, uh, then weasel your way like a fox in the, in the church system. God is saying, I'm getting ready to shake the heavens and the earth, and I'm going to overthrow royal thrones, destroying the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and charioteers. So those things that think they're fast and swift, those things that think it's above uh, the one and true and living God. He says, I'm going to shake the, the earth so much that the, the, these charioteers and these chariots, the horses will then fail and the riders will begin to kill each other. Get that. The horses will fail and their riders will kill each other. Now, see, you don't understand that God, yeah, he's a God of love, but it also says that God is a man of war. So God is a man, and look it up. I'm not making that up. It says it in the word of God, that God is a man of war. You do not want to play with him. When he said he's going to shake the heavens and the earth in this particular hour. So don't you fret. I need you to understand that you're going to look around you and things are going to look like they falling apart. It's going to look contrary to the revelation I just decreed and released in the atmosphere, but I'm here to tell you that the promises of God are yes and amen. It's still going to come to pass in your life. You're still going to be prosperous. Even when the world systems begin to shake up, you don't have to worry about that. God's going to make sure you have food. Matter of fact, he said before your seed even get out the barn, before you even plant it, I've already made a way for you. I've already made a, a way of escape to give you every and anything that you need in this particular hours. But those that do not recognize that I am God, those that do not understand that I am God and to continue to kick their foot up against me. The horses will fail 
and the writers will kill each other. How many of you know when he says the writers will kill each other, that means he's going to set confusion in the enemy's camp. He's going to set confusion there where they're going to get so confused, so tormented by the fear they tried to send out over the airways to God's people that that thing's going to go in reverse. How many of you know that the, the trap that the enemy set for us is going to turn around and he's going to fall in it? So those writers are going to begin to kill themselves because they're going to get confused. God's going to set the spirit of confusion among them. He's going to send the blood of God hemorrhaging through the demonic forces. But God, when this happens, says the Lord Almighty, get this now. He says, but when this happens, says the Lord Almighty. So he wants you to already know when he shakes the heavens and the earth and things begin to fall, the economic systems begin to change. And it's not the way you think it should be. You don't need to believe them. You need to understand what the Lord says. He said, but when this happens, so when this happens means you have to see it. When this happens, says the Lord Almighty, I will honor you, Zerubbabel. So he's basically telling you, each and every one of you under my voice, he's saying he's going to honor you. He's going to honor you, my servants. I will treat you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord. For I have especially, specifically chosen you. I, the Lord Almighty, have spoken. And I'm ending there. So as things begin to shake up, because they will. They will shake up, but God is not done yet. The shaking up of the heavens and the earth is going according to God's plan. So when things start to get a little bit shaky, a little bit risky, you already know this is going to God's plan. This is according to his plan in Haggai chapter two, verses 20, all the way down to verses 23. He's saying, when you see it, you will know that I'm going to take care of you in it. Don't worry about it because I placed you on my hand like a signet ring. So as he's sitting up in heaven, because heaven is his home, earth is his footstool. He's going to look at his hand and look at us as his signet ring and say, it's not going to happen to them though. This is my special ring. I love this ring. This ring means a lot to me. I'm not going to let the enemy devour them, but I'm getting ready to shake up some things because you need to understand understand that I am God and I see all never sleep or slumber. Nothing goes past God's eye. He knows everything that we do. He gives us an opportunity to get it right. And when we choose not to, he's already showed us as he shakes things up, the, the royal thrones, destroying the power of the foreign kings. He's going to overturn those chariots, those things that are fast. And then the riders are going to begin to kill himself. So when you start seeing that confusion, oh, think it not strange. Think it not strange. But you can rest and assure that God said he's going to honor you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to love on you. Don't you worry. Don't you fret because he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. He's going to carry you. He's saying this is an opportunity for him to show up and show out on your behalf. See, this is the time where he's going to allow us to be set apart from them. You're going to be able to see the us and the them. See, God is like a parable. He has to throw the uh, the wickedness and the people who believe side by side so that the people can see the difference. And when he shows you the difference, he's going to show you, okay, during this time where the earth is shaking and nobody will have anything, I'm going to make sure that you bless. And that's how you're going to know there's no way they could have made it through that. There's no way they should be where they're at. They're going to know there's no way they should be starting the business in the middle of an economic crisis. Oh, yes, it is. It's a way because he promised me before my seeds came out of the barn, they would be blessed. He promised me if I served him, live a life holy and acceptable unto him, kept my hands clean, kept my heart clean, kept my mouth off the man and the woman of God, that he would bless me. Come on now. God's trying to bless us during this time. You better sit back and see the mighty move of God in your life in this particular hour. And I'm closing. And those who had just came on on this particular podcast, podcast number 37, I made three points. Point number one was to get back to your father's business. Point number two, you need to consider what has already happened to you in the past when you was living a life that wasn't holy and acceptable to God. You were running out and you were in lack. You have to understand the basic principle. Holiness does not rub off, rub off on others, but contamination will. And number three, that you are guaranteed a promise when you get back to God's work. If you leave this podcast today, 
and you get back to God's word, you repent, you remain obedient to the word of God. You continue to deep dive in God's word. I'm telling you on today, I can guarantee it that the promises of God are yes and amen. And they're going to come to fruition in your life. Everything I said, you're going to look back and it's going to stir up in your spirit. Matter of fact, I decree and declare that it's going to bubble up in your spirit as that when the things begin to happen, the word's going to come up and remind you, you know what? That word was released to me by that prophet. She, they said, that I was going to have a small beginning. They said I was going to be blessed. And, and when everybody else is trying to tell you, don't do that. You're not going to have enough. You're going to run out. You're going to go into your pantry and it's going to be overflowing. The people of God's pantries are going to be overflowing. Not so that you can brag about it. Not so you can have pride about it, but so you can go bless somebody. So that people can understand that there is a distinct difference between the people of God and the, uh, and the French benefits that they get for serving God. His hand rests upon them. He said that we would be put on his hand like a signet ring. I can see the father just looking at his hand, just happy about it, just pleased, seeing how, how it's just shining beautifully in our dark hour. Lord, I thank you on today for each and every person that's under the sound of my voice. God, I ask that you go in and that you meet them even now where they stand in need of. And not only that, that they will return back to this podcast and continue to just drink from your, your water, God, that they will thirst no more, God, even now allow them to be able to share this podcast with somebody else and, and, and then take it that much further to go on to um, Apple Podcasts. Go on, download it. Give it to another brother or sister who might need to hear a word of God and, and write a review. Let me know the blessings that you've received from this word. Oh God, I praise you on today. Continue to bless them, God. Meet each and every listener where they stand in need of, Lord. And we ask all these things in your darling son, Jesus name. And until next time, you guys, I want you to be blessed, blessed, and stay highly favored. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you joined us on today's episode of Positive Thinking with Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. We know you are blessed today and we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us on social media at Positive Thinking Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Mrs. Colorful Day and our message at Positive Thinking, go to MrsColorfulDay.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, you are blessed. Now go color your world.